Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Amen and amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in church today. Uh, I really am. I don't know if it's the extra sleep I got last night. I don't know if it's, I tried a new creamer this morning. You don't need to know that, but in, it was in the fridge and in, in the church fridge. And I'm like, I've never had pumpkin spice latte. Like let's, let's give it a go. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the creamer, but I'm just, I got energy. I'm excited and I'm pumped about being in church. And in particular, uh, I really am excited about this new sermon series that we're starting today called Out of Order. And it's been, a, it's been a series that we've had on our calendar and I've been anxiously waiting to be able to start for the last like six months, something like that. Uh, it might be more like three to four months, but it's, it's been a little bit. And I'm so excited to start the series today because I believe it is gonna be a great start for us as we enter into this fall season. Uh, if you got a Bible, you can go with me to Luke chapter six. Luke chapter six, uh, starting in verse 46, it's the passage that we're going to read and we're gonna use today. Uh, but while you're turning there, let me tell you a little bit about the series we're starting and give you a little bit of a context for what we're about to read and what we're gonna be talking about. Uh, we're starting this series called Out of Order. And, and really we're talking about how do we get our life in order? Uh, so often, if we're not careful, we can begin to live lives that are out of order. And really what this series is about, it's about the patterns and priorities of our life. Uh, the way that we have, have learned to, or the way that by default we have pattern and prioritize all of our living. You know, the reality is every single one of us here today, uh, we are different. Like even if you have the same mom and dad, your siblings, uh, you're, st you're still different. You have a different personality. You have a different temperament, a different way of, of thinking about things. Uh, for many of us, we were raised in different parts of the country and different uh, cultures. Now we have different jobs, different careers. Some of us have no kids. Some of us have a lot of kids. Uh, we just, we have different lives. And because we're different, the reality is that for so many of us, we just, we've learned maybe by default the way we were raised or we've just, you know, learned that it's what you got to do. We've learned to pattern and prioritize our life a certain way. And in a season like this, uh, I don't know if we're officially in the fall. I know we're past Labor Day. I forgot about that. Someone today said, oh, Brandon, you cannot be wearing white past Labor Day. And I said, I'm, I, I think I knew that, but I wasn't aware of that this morning when I put this shirt on. But I think we're somewhere officially in, in the fall. And in a season like this, life just gets busy. Man, we're back full swing into work and school has started. Uh, I know so many sports are starting. My kids both started uh, soccer yesterday. It's my son's first season playing soccer. He did so good. He almost scored a goal and uh, he was so pumped just to be there. And we get snacks and cool. Like, this is awesome. Uh, my daughter started her soccer season uh, yesterday. And I'll tell you, church, the devil is a liar. God is with his people. He's for us. Who can be against us? We stomped that team 11 to zero yesterday. It was so bad. They stopped keeping score. And I said, hey, hey this, it only says six. I count eight. And uh, the, the mercy happened. Uh, but I'm like, we're keeping count. We know 11 to zero. 
God is on. I'm kidding. But uh, I mean, sports are starting, soccer started, and life just gets busy, doesn't it? Uh, so many things going on that can fill up our schedule and fill up our calendar. And as life gets busy, what happens is, is we just default. I don't know about you, but I've had times in life where I have different patterns and priorities, things that I'm trying to start. I'm going to carve this groove and I'm going to start going to the gym and eat this way. And then life gets busy. And what happens when life gets busy is you just, you fall back into, into default. And, and I'd like to ask this question. It really is a question for you to consider this morning. What if the default that I've learned is out of order? What if the way that I've by default learned to pattern and prioritize my living, what if it's out of order? Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it is or it isn't, but, 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 but I will say, and we're going to study it over the next number of weeks, that Jesus actually has given to us a order for living. And not because I say so or any other pastor or leader, but because Jesus says so, this, this way of living, this pattern and prior, this order of living, it is the way that he's called every one of us who have made him the Lord of our life to live our life. And any order outside of his order, well, it is out of order. We're going to spend the next three weeks talking about what is the order that Jesus gives us for living our life. And if we're out of order, how do we get back into order so we can fully experience God's best for our life and for our family? I ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 6. Uh, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 46. I'm reading today out of the New King James Version. If you don't have that version, it's not a big deal. All the words, uh, the scriptures that we will read, they'll be on the screen. Uh, but for sake of following along or staying, staying with me, uh, you can uh, follow along on the screen if you don't have that version. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, here, here's what it says. Jesus is asking a question in verse 46, and he says this, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? It's a very good question. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do the things that I say? Verse 47, he says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the streams beat vehemently against that house and it could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the streams beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was Great. I want to go back to verse 46 and 47. It'll be the verses that we actually spend a little bit of time uh, or, or we, we mainly use as a catalyst, catalyst this morning. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, again, the words of Jesus, he asks a very, very thought-provoking question for every single one of us. He says, um, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me, verse 47, you, you, you can already begin to see this, this order of living. Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. 
And he begins to go on and describe a wise man who built his life upon a solid foundation, so much so that though the storms of life came, he could not be moved because his life, it was in order, built on a solid foundation. I want to ask you that you'd write this down if you're taking notes, title of the sermon today. It simply is this, come to me. And we're going to talk today about Jesus and how he says that the first way we order our life, it is to, in all seasons, at all times, to come to him. I know that I talk a lot about my kids. Uh, If that's a problem, if that bothers you, I really do apologize. But I don't know what to tell you because with four small children, nine, seven, five, and two, it's kind of all-consuming. And all all the parents said, amen. Like, it's just, it's all-consuming. And um, part of the reason I talk about my kids so much is because God really does speak to me a lot through my children. I've just found that God really is always speaking. And the question is not, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? And is our heart and our ears postured in a way to hear from God? God's always speaking. And uh, recently, God, he, he speaks to me really through my kids, not, not only, but in a very, very large way. And uh, recently, he's been speaking a lot to me through, through, through my oldest daughter. My oldest daughter, I'll brag on her for a second. She really is doing so well. Uh, we've been really trying to uh, teach our kids the, the the principle that, hey, you're a part of our family. And so everyone like pulls their weight to a certain degree. And it's kind of based on age and stage, right? Um, but so we're teaching her things like, how, how, do you, how do you put to the laundry? How do you unstack the dishwasher? How do you help clean the downstairs? How, just basic things that how can you contribute to helping our house to stay in order, for lack of better words. And um, she's been doing such a good job. She, without even asking, will come downstairs and find her unstacking the dishwasher. Uh, a couple weeks ago, she was like, hey, just so you know, so I did three loads of laundry. That's awesome. Did you do them correctly? It doesn't even matter. You did laundry. That's awesome. And she's doing so good and being so attentive to just the, the, the different needs of the house or just different things that Jenny and I are asking that she forgets at times that she's not the parent and, and because she's so attentive to the things that, you know, we've asked of them, and there's been so many occasions that we're correcting one of our other children, and all of a sudden in the background, you hear my oldest, yeah, that's what I was trying to tell you last week when you, yeah, and also, and we have to go, oh, hey, hold on, hold on one second. Well, I'm not done with you. Hold on one second. Um, are you the mom? Are you... No, 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 this is not your, and, and we've had to, had, had to keep reminding her lately that we appreciate all the help and you're doing such a good job. We're so proud of you, um, but you're not in charge around here. And, and, and not every time, but a lot of the times that I've had to have that conversation with Evelyn, the Lord reminds me that you and I kind of need the same reminder at times. That actually we're not to be the boss of our life that actually we're not the one who's supposed to be calling the shots and making the decisions. Here's what Jesus said, Luke chapter six, verse 46, we'll read it again. He asks again, this very thought provoking question. And here's what he says. He says, "Um, can, can I ask you, Luke 6, 46, why, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I that I say. Now, for fuller context, it'd be helpful for you to know what that word Lord means. That word Lord in the original translation, the, the Greek, it's the word uh, koreos, 
which means, listen to this definition, uh, it means the one to whom a person belongs or the one who has the deciding power in one's life. It means the master, the owner, the ruler, the boss, and the one who is to be honored and revered. It is why it is a title that a servant gives their master. I'll just let let it sink in for a moment. It is the one to whom a person belongs, the one who has the deciding power, the master, the owner, the ruler, the boss, the one who's to be honored and revered. It's they are the teacher, you're the student. They are the master, you are the apprentice. And Jesus says, can I ask you a question? How come you keep calling me Lord? You're the boss, you're the shepherd, you're the Lord. How come you keep on acting like and talking like I'm the teacher and you're the student, I'm the, the, the master, you're the apprentice, I'm the one who, who is the ruler, and yet, and yet you actually don't do anything that, that I say. I think this is applicable to us in two ways, maybe two categories we can find ourselves in. One is, is the person that maybe you're here and you go, oh yeah, Jesus, he's the Lord. I don't know if you've seen my Facebook status, but I checked I'm a Christian. Jesus is Lord. I posted a lot of scripture. If you look in the past month, about 60% of my posts, there's been a scripture that I've hashtagged at the bottom. He's the Lord. And we come, we sing the songs and we're, we're in, in the small group. And yet for, for the vast majority of decisions we are making in life, we don't even consult him. My wife was in a conversation with, with someone recently who is you know, going to make a pretty, pretty big decision. And she goes, well, you know, what do, you know, what, what do you feel like God's saying? And they're like, I didn't even consider that. And, and if we're not careful, we, we can begin to live life like my daughter forgetting, oh yeah, we're not the boss. We're, no, we're not in charge. We, we, we are not intended to be the shepherd, the Lord, the ruler of our own life. And so we say, oh, he's Lord. I love him. He's God. I serve Jesus. And yet for so many decisions, we don't even consult him. We don't even stop to inquire, God, what is it that you would have me to do? God, what is the way you would have me make this decision? God, what is the way that you would have us build a budget and steward our finances? God, what is the way that you would have us to raise our kids? And we, 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 we don't even consider it. Maybe you're not in that category. Maybe you're in the other category that I have found myself in on quite a number of occasions where we know enough to say, well, no, I, I, I got to ask him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm serving God. And so he, he, he's first. And so we go and we do inquire of the Lord. We do pray. We do read the scripture. We do get multi, a multitude of wise counsel. And, and when we don't get the answer we want, we go, eh, I think I'm going to do, do what I was wanting to do anyways. It's like, I have this really bad habit at restaurants, it drives my wife crazy where uh, I can't decide what to order. And so I'll, I'll put it on our server. I'll say, hey, uh, yeah, we're, no, we're, are you ready, babe? Okay, we're totally ready. Um, but I don't really know what I want. I can't make a decision. So you tell me, what's your favorite me- uh, item on the menu? They'll, they'll, they'll think about it. Well, the specials, no, I don't care about the specials. You already told me the specials. I'm saying, if you're ordering anything tonight, what are you gonna order? And so they'll think about it and they'll give me a great suggestion. And so often I go, 
yeah, it doesn't sound good. I'll just have the Caesar salad. And I, it's like, well, why did you ask, sir? Why did you ask? But, but we, we, we do that with the Lord. God, speak to me. I want to be in your will. And, and then we, we end up just doing what we want to do instead. And Jesus, he, he's not asking in a condemning way. He's not asking because he, he's asking a very good and thought-provoking question. Can I ask you a question? Why do you keep calling me and saying that I am the Lord of your life? Why, why do you keep saying, Corios, Jesus, you're the one to whom I belong. I've given my life to you. Why, why do you keep on saying, Jesus, you're the one who has deciding power in my life? Why do you keep on saying, Jesus, you're the master, you're the owner, you're the ruler. I reverence and honor you. And yet you do what you want, what you think. You don't do what, what I say. Jesus goes on and he says, let, let me tell you who a wise man is. By, by the way, if anybody uh, wants to, to live with wisdom, he's about to tell you how. He says, let me tell you, to tell you about a wise man. A wise man... He orders his life in such a way that he comes to me, he hears my sayings, and he puts them into practice. Brandon, what is the proper order for living? The proper order for living is in all seasons, at all times, in all circumstance, to first come to Jesus, to hear his words, and to whatever the cost, put them into practice. Do, do, do you know how, how, how often uh, or how, how many of us often order our life? Jesus says, come, hear, do, but we order our life like this. I'm just going to do whatever I think is best. I'm going to do whatever seems best, whatever seems right. I, I, I got to make life happen. Life is moving. I got decisions to make. I got, I'm, I'm just going to do whatever I need to do. And then occasionally, if I have time, when it's convenient, if I'm feeling real spiritual, I'll listen. I'll read a book. I'll maybe catch, the, you know, catch a podcast and listen to the audio Bible while, you know, while I'm running right now. Uh, you know, I heard, 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 heard a great quote, right? and we'll, we'll listen when it's convenient, and then when we really need him, I, I mean like, like the bottom's falling out, we're desperate, then we come to him. For so many people who call Jesus the Lord of their life, the order in which they live is do, listen occasionally, and come to him when I'm desperate. And he says, oh, no, 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 you're, you're out of order. And he says, what happens is people that live out of order is that inevitably the storms of life come because they always do. The storms of life come. And when they do, that person, their life ends up in great destruction. I mean, come on, we, like we, we, we all know people, and I'm not thinking of anyone specifically, but they were doing great. They were killing it. And then just life happened. And it's like, man, the marriage falls out. The business crashes. I, I, I randomly had a conversation with a guy at a coffee shop who saw me reading my Bible, pulls up a chair, like, hey, why are you reading that? And, and Jenny was early in the morning. I was reading just, just for me. I said, I'm, I'm just, bro, I'm reading because I, like, this, I need it for my life. 
Amen, brother. Amen. Big old high five. And I'm like, this is so loud for six o'clock in the morning. You have already had too much coffee. And he, he, he says, can I tell you my story? He said, my, my life has, was, has fallen apart the last three years. I woke up so many mornings not even knowing if, if I was going to live the rest of the day because I want to take my own life. I said, I, I had so much going for me. And like that, everything just fell apart. And he, he was there early with a giant commentary Bible. It looked like an encyclopedia on steroids. And he said, well, I'm, I'm reading the Bible too. He said, I didn't really know what to do. And so I remembered, well, growing up, I mean, I, like life was better when I had God. So he said, this is my fourth Bible. I bought a Bible. I read it cover to cover. I bought a Bible and another translation, read it. This is my fourth translation. He said, and this time I got a commentary Bible because I thought, I still don't know what the heck it's saying. I should probably get one that explains it to me. But, but we, we all know people. It's like, man, life was going great. And then all of a sudden the bottom falls out. Jesus says inevitably, inevitably what happens is the storms of life come and the people who are living out of order that the storm can, can destroy them. But the one who lives in order, I'm gonna come to Jesus in all seasons at all. I'm coming to Jesus. I'm gonna hear Make the priority and practice of my life hearing his words. God, speak to me, teach me, lead me, guide me, and I'm going to put them into. That's the wise man who's built his life upon a solid foundation. And though the storms may come, he will not be shaken. And the church said, amen. So we're in this series talking about how do we live in order. And today we're talking about just this first component, coming to Jesus. And I want to very quickly this morning, and I do mean quickly, I want to give you just three thoughts this morning as it relates to coming to Jesus. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, that Jesus, he invites you and I to come to him. He invites you and I to come to him. Uh, when I asked Jenny to marry me, I did not demand that she marry me. I did not command that she marry me. I did not say, Jenny, I've talked to your dad. We've decided you're going to marry me. How blessed you are. You, I know that's not how, it's not how it happened. You could argue it happened the, the other way that she demanded that I marry her, but that's another story. But <clears throat> it's an actual story that if I had time would be very funny to tell. But I, I didn't... Demand. No, it's, will you marry me? Did you know that while Jesus does give commands, and I want to be clear about this, he does give commands to those who, who are his disciples, those who are his apprentices, those who have made him the Lord of their life, that he, he doesn't demand that we all make him the Lord of our life. No, he invites us. He invites us. The Bible says this, John 3, 16, I'm sure you're familiar with it. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, notice that, that whoever would believe in him, not everybody, no, no, just that if anyone, whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is 
light. Uh, Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if, keyword if, if anyone would hear my voice and open the door, then I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So you, you, you have to, to realize this morning, Jesus, he's not forcing your hand. If, if you're waiting for Jesus to force your hand, he's not going to do it. I was talking with someone a couple weeks ago. This, I, just, I, I just wish God would make me do it. He's, he's, he's not going to make you do it. He's not going to make you, force you, command you. you know, he's, he invites you and I to make him the Lord of our life. He invites you and I into relationship with him. He invites you and I to be his disciple, to be his apprentice. He invites us into relationship with him. Here's the reality. God, he loves you so much. More than you possibly can fathom and understand, he loved you so much. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, he proved it and he demonstrated it in sending his son Jesus to come from heaven to earth and not only die on the cross and take the place for us, but to be the example for how we should live. He loves us so much. Jesus took on skin and bone to live as an example and also has given us his spirit to shepherd us and lead us and guide us. John 10, 10 says, Jesus, he only wills that we have life and life to the full. God wants you to have abundant life. We, 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 we said this so often in youth ministry, like Jesus, he's not a party pooper. He has no interest in controlling your life. He's got no interest in putting handcuffs. No, he has actually come because he wants to liberate your life. He wants to give you freedom. He, he wants the joy of the Lord and the contentment and the peace of God to rule your life. Oh, Jesus wants to give us life to the full. And thus he invites us, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come and learn from me and walk with me and take, take my ways upon. I promise you, they're not burdensome. They're like, I want to lead and guide you. He is the great shepherd. And it's an invitation. You have to realize this morning, he's inviting every single one of us, that still small voice, the knock at our heart. And because it's an invitation, I want you to write this down. Second thought this morning, it's simply this, that that coming to Jesus is first. Someone say first. 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 Is first and foremost, it's a matter of the heart. If you're anything like me, um, I'm, I'm always just looking for like the shortcut. Uh, I used to drive my father crazy, probably still do. But I, I used to drive my dad crazy because I'd ask him a question and uh, my dad, being the uh, very good explainer that he is, uh, you know, knowing his, his way around how to use words, he, he would start giving me an answer that was about this long. And I want an answer that's this long. I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I just need to know, yes or no, can I go to the movies tonight? It's, it, it's, it's, I, it just, just very quickly, just let me know what do I need to do so $20 can go from your pocket to my pocket and I can, and, and if we're not careful, we can be somewhat of the same way that it's like, all right, well, okay, I, I got to come to Jesus. Great. All right, pastor, let's talk real quick. So what are the five things that I got to do? 
And, and if we're not careful, we, we can just jump to what I got to do, what I got to do, what I got to do. Just, hey, just give me the list. Give me the practices. And we miss, that, you know, coming to Jesus is first and foremost, it's a matter of your heart. God doesn't want your hands. He wants your heart. God's not interested in your religious service. See, what's, what's interesting, we got to be careful, is that we can be doing all of the right things. And if we're not careful, not all of those right things not actually be pleasing to God be, because our heart is far from him. What, what does the Bible say in, in uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse eight? Listen to this scripture. Jesus said, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. Jesus, uh, not Jesus, David says in Psalm 51, it's a Psalm of repentance. He says this, Psalm 51, verse 16, the sacrifices, I'm sorry, verse 16, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You don't delight in burnt offerings. Verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, oh God, you will not despise. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart. Jesus tells a story and I can't think of of the reference off the top of my head, but it's a story of two men who come come, come to Jesus or come to God. And the first is a religious leader. And he comes, God, I'm so thankful that I'm not like all of these sinners. He starts giving his resume. I listen to the podcast every week. My church attendance has been in the 85th percentile. Yeah, I got COVID. I got sick for a minute, but 85%, and that's, that's, that's pleasing before you. I know this person over here is probably 25. I'm 85%. And I read my Bible every day, and I do my journaling. Man, my journaling, the highlights in there are just incredible. They're impeccable, God. Served at the food pantry twice this year and, we, and he, he's, he's giving his, his resume. I'm so thankful, God, I'm righteous. I'm not like one of these. Jesus says that another man comes and he, he basically falls before, before God and he just beats his chest. He says, God, I'm a sinner. Have mercy. And Jesus says, which one do you think went home justified? Righteous, pleasing before. It wasn't this man who his hands were doing all the right things. What did Jesus say? Why do you honor me with your lips and yet your heart is far from me? It wasn't the man who his hands were doing all the right things. It was the man whose heart was postured. Brandon, what is the posture of heart that God is looking for? As I, It's a posture of humility. It's one that says, God, I need you. Despite how successful I may feel, despite how secure I may feel or don't, God, I need you. And so my knees are bended before you. And my heart is postured saying, oh God, without you, I am nothing. God, without you, I can do nothing. God, without you, I have nothing. God, I need I need you. Can can I ask you, do you have a heart of humility and desperation before the Lord? Or or is your heart more like this other person that goes, yeah, man, life is good 
and it's good to be me. I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of great things. And, and there's nothing wrong with our hands doing the right things. But it's our heart that God's after. It's our heart that God's after. Jesus invites every one of us to come to him. And it is first and foremost a matter of the heart. And you can write this down. Point number three, we end with this. And because it's a matter of the heart, first, coming to Jesus is then, is then a matter of practice and priority. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, we were at my parents' house uh, celebrating my brother-in-law's birthday. And um, it was getting a little bit late. Um, we have four kids, so it's probably like 5.30 p.m. That's, 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 that's late for us. Like, man, it's getting, it's getting late, man. It's like 5.30, and I'm thinking about bedtimes, and we, like, we, we got to go. And um, I had a couple of kids in my car. We tried, Jenny and I drove, drove separately, lived about 20 minutes from my parents. And uh, bed, bedtime, it was probably more like seven. And bedtimes were probably getting close. And I got screaming kids in my car. And, and usually when it gets close to 7 p.m., 7.30, I got one thing on my mind, bedtime as soon as possible. How, how are we getting these kids in bed and settle for the evening? And um, I'm driving home and I noticed, oh, my gas light popped on. I need, like, I need, I need gas. And so what did I do? Call Jenny. Hey, I know that it is past bedtime. I'm, I'm right behind you. I've, it's inconvenient. It's frustrating. I just want to get home. I want the crying to stop. I want the kids, but we, we, we're, we're getting gas. And, and so I suffer the inconvenience because I know, I know my car needs gasoline or it stops working. So my being willing to suffer the inconvenience, having crying kids in the car, delaying getting home to get gas, it is proof, it's evidence that I believe I'm convicted and convinced of the fact that without gasoline, my car won't work. The, the Bible says it this way, that out of the abundance of your heart, your whole life is lived. James would say it this way, Dad, bro, don't, no, no, no. Don't tell me about your faith. I, I, I don't need the story, man. You just say, save the post for someone else. You just let me look at your life and I'll see your faith by the way that you live. See, we have to be careful because while well, coming to Jesus is first and foremost a matter of the heart, when our heart is postured in a place of humility and desperation before God, do you know what should happen? It should become evident in the patterns, practices, and priorities of our living. Why? Because out of the abundance of my heart, my life is lived. It, it wouldn't make any sense. If I'm in the car, the gas light is on, I realize we don't, we don't have enough gas to make it home. And I go, oh man, we really need gas. And I buzz past the gas station. You'd be like, uh, I don't think you understand the definition of needing gas. We just passed another gas. But, but if we're honest, we, we do this, don't we? Oh yeah, man, my heart, it, I'm, I need God. But then we, we have no pattern and we have no practice that brings us into proximity with God. Too busy. I got too much going on. 
I'm default. I'm falling back into the way that I've learned to pattern and prioritize my living. And Jesus, he invites you and I to come to him. And it is a matter of the heart, but the, but the issue or the, the humility of our heart that says, I need God, it should result in patterns and practices. I want to give you just three, three just ideas, three thoughts on, uh, on, on what that could maybe look like. Number, number one, or just a thought is this, that uh, spending daily time with him. Can I ask you today, uh, do you have any daily time that you're spending with God? I don't mean some four hour you know, where you're lighting candles and listening to the right music. And if you can do that, that's awesome. I don't have that much time, but I applaud you for having that much time. But, but what, what I'm really asking is, do, do you have a pattern, a practice? Is there any priority in your living that says, no, 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 no. Every day, I gotta find, a, I gotta find space, even if it's a little bit of space, to go to God. I got, I got to find it. We, we, we would say this way here at our church. Um, I got to find time every day to be in the secret place. Every day I have to be freshly filled with the spirit of God so I can be who God's called me to be. Every day I need to go to God and say, God, today, give me my daily bread. God, today, give me wisdom for living so that I might make every decision and every determination today in alignment with what you would have me to do. Are, are, are we taking time to say, God, fill my heart today with your word. I need to, we'll talk about it next week. I need to today not only come to you, but I need to hear your sayings. It, it, it should look in some way like daily time with him. If our heart really says that we're desperate for him, we, we should be daily letting that desperation be expressed in, in going to him. Number, number two, just a second thought for you, but what about creating an atmosphere where God's always welcome? Is, is, is your life set up right now where God is welcome one day a week on Sundays at my connect group on Wednesdays and for the 10 minutes in the morning that I, I listen to, 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 to my audio Bible reading plan? Or have you just created an atmosphere in your living that says, God, you are always welcome. At all times, when I'm in the office, when I'm in the car, when I'm tucking the kids in, God, I just want my life to be postured in a way that I'm continually aware I need you, God. And at any time, at any moment, I want my life to be to be open to you. Last thing, I'll just give you this last thought, but have I prioritized godly community? Have I prioritized godly community? Part of how I come to him is personally, every day I, I'm going to the secret place to say, God, I need your word today. There's a pastor friend of mine, he says it this way, that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a, it's a one-time baptism, but a daily filling. Oh, I need, I need daily filling. God, today, freshly fill me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your word. God, I'm depending upon, I'm going to him every day. God, I'm setting up an, an atmosphere just in my living that says, God, I, I'm, I want your presence all day. I'm not turning garbage on my radio. I'm putting worship music in my radio. I'm not just, just, just killing time, scrolling with my finger, but God, I'm just saying, what, what can I do to, to invite your presence? But, 
But there should also be a priority in our life of saying, God, I, I need to be in godly community. I need to prioritize the gathering place, prioritize my, 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 my small group, me being in a, a connect group or in a smaller community. It's, it's different ways. They're not legalistic. They're just expressions of a heart. It says, God, I, I, I need you. I want to read you one more scripture today. And I know that we're, well, I guess we're not out of time yet. So praise the Lord for that. Um, I want to read you one scripture. It it will not be on the screen. Um, I I didn't know if I was actually going to have time to read it. But uh, Monday morning, uh, this is not in any way me being over spiritual, just is what it is. Um, I was up very early in the morning and it's about 5, 5.30. And I was just doing my personal just read, reading, the, reading the scripture for me. And I was reading Jeremiah chapter 18. And in Jeremiah chapter 18, I'll read, just read you verse four. It says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, verse five, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. I'm reading that for me. And almost immediately, here's what I felt the Holy Spirit say. That's for for, for the people on Sunday. Because so often we, we have defaulted into the patterns and priorities of living that are maybe out of order and even if we intellectually know, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit out of order, we, we can feel like, but I just, I don't have the power to change. It's too hard. It's too, too much work. I mean, have you ever felt like this before? You knew that you needed to make a change, but you just physically, emotionally, you just didn't have the energy to make the change. Like, I'm just doing the best I can, man, just to wake up and make it through. I, don't, I just don't think it's in me right now. This is where the children of Israel were. We're we're honestly just too too far down this pathway. In fact, in fact, verse 12, it says, and Israel said, it's hopeless. So we'll just keep doing life according to, to our own ways. Oh, what an emotion that we can relate with. It's hopeless. I've tried that before. I've done that before. It's just, it's, and the word of the Lord through Jeremiah to God's people was, hey, come, come here. Look at this potter. Look at the clay in his hands. It is marred. It is out of order. It is not what it should be. And look how the potter, how he makes it into another vessel as he sees fit. And the word of the Lord to Israel was, can he not do the same with you? Are, are we not clay in the potter's hands? And can he not to, to us, with us, mold and shape and make our life into another vessel, an in-order vessel as he sees fit? Oh, I just wanna to say to whoever this is for today, it is not hopeless. It is not hopeless. It is not too, it is not too late to change. 
It is not too late to make the change. We are clay in the potter's hand. And if we, as we submit our life to King Jesus, no no matter how marred we may be, no matter how, how out of order we may feel, God has the power to mold and shape and make us into another vessel. I was sitting in my kitchen table on, on Monday morning and I got tears in my eyes because I got areas of my life that I'm going, God, I just don't know how to make the change. I'm trying to make, I just don't know how to make the change. And I feel like Israel, it's hopeless. I guess I'm just always going to And all the same spirit of God that's present in this room this morning arrested me at my kitchen table. I said, don't you say it's hopeless. Are you not but clay in my hands? And can I not make you again into another vessel as I see fit? Oh, don't you let the enemy tell you that that it's hopeless. Don't you let the enemy tell you that you're just always going to be out of order. Don't you let the enemy tell you that living in order, coming to Jesus, hearing his sayings and putting them into practice is something for the spiritual elite. Get out of here with that. God has called everyone who would be a follower and an apprentice of his to come and hear and live life doing what he tells them to do, a solid rock. It is not too late. You are but clay in the potter's hands. And if you will submit to King Jesus, he will mold you and shape you and make you into another vessel. Can I pray for you today, God, today? in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every single person who this morning in areas of their life, they just feel hopeless. I know I need to change. I want to change. I just can't do it. I'm too tired. I'm too fragile. I'm too weak. Oh, I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit, you would right here, right now in this moment, you would speak to them, you would convince them that God who is more than able lives and dwells on the inside of them and the spirit of Jesus that raised him from the dead is the same spirit that can raise us to another level of living that we in your hands that we can be molded and shaped and made into another vessel oh I pray that God you would encourage us you would strengthen us and you would cause us to rise to another level of living not out of order but in order in all seasons, at all times, in all circumstances, coming to you, hearing your words and putting them into practice. We thank you for it today. And we ask you that you would seal all of this in our heart. You'd seal all of it in our heart. And we'd leave here today fully committed to following you as the shepherd in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Hey, can you stand to your feet this morning and can we respond to King Jesus in worship and in response as the team leads us today? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. 
If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.